0: Hello, everybody. My name is Brody Long, and welcome back to Long Talks. Before we get into the podcast, I just wanted to give you guys a little disclaimer. Um, So this podcast episode features my grandma Carol Leoder. We had a great conversation. It's about roughly 50-55 minutes long, Uh, but a few subjects that we went over might be sensitive to some people. So before we get into it, I wanted to let you know uh, we do talk about physical abuse, sexual abuse, suicidal ideations, and suicidal attempts. Uh, So I just wanted to give my listeners a little bit of a heads up. If you get to a certain point and it's too much for you, go ahead and skip it, but it's just kind of stories over, you know, my grandma's experience in life and my experience in life. So it it comes from a place of uh, love and compassion, and we were both, you know, in a safe environment where we felt we could talk with each other about it. So I understand that if those subjects aren't for you or you can't listen to those subjects, go ahead and skip on through those. But I hope you give this podcast a listen. I hope you rate it and, you know, like it and share it with your friends. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Long Talks. Welcome, welcome to my podcast, Long Talks. Thank you for being on with me. I appreciate it very much. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) You're kind of going to be my guinea pig with all this. You're going to be my first guest because I actually already have um, three or four people now that said they want to be on my podcast, but one actually in the books on my schedule. Um. I don't remember. Do you remember the guy that hired me for my first comedian show when we were in Fort Wayne? Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Oh, so, wow. yeah, October 26th, uh, he's going to be on my podcast. And so, wow. good thing he's not my first um, audience member, not my audience member, my first guest on here. Mm-hmm. You're, so, you're my guinea pig. I'm going to hopefully have at least three or four more up until that point. But, so, yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming on again. You're welcome. <laughs> so, um, you, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted you on uh, one of the main reasons is just to have this to watch you know when I'm missing you and I'm not around you or, or you know That's I'm dead. Once, once you <laughs> once you leave Coke. this yeah once you leave this <laughs> once you leave this earth you know I'll have something to look back at and you have so many great stories you've told me as I've grown up um, I really think should be shared with the world and I think you're such a great person and people will see that through this short hour and hopefully I can have you on again, and we can start where we end off and keep talking. Hopefully, it'll be a 10-part grandma series of just you and your stories, because there's so many stories you can tell. Um, firstly, uh, I want to get into it. I want to just have you introduce yourself a little bit, where you know where you come from family-wise, where you were born and raised, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So
1: okay.
0: go ahead and introduce yourself to the oh, people. Carol, honey, Yoder.
1: I am 65 years old. Almost 66. I was born in Three Rivers, Michigan in 1956. With, I mean, two, Carl and Rachel Honey. Uh, My mom was from White Pigeon, Michigan, and my dad was from Amigan, Arkansas. They had an open marriage. And my first memory... Of my mom and
0: dad. Yeah, I would love to hear it. If you're comfortable with sharing it, because, you know, like I said, it's going to be posted. If you're comfortable with sharing it, I would love to hear it. Any of your stories.
1: Do you ever ever remember the first memory of your mom and dad when you were a child?
0: I have a lot of memories of, like, when I was smaller and stuff. I don't know if I remember, like, the first memory with them. Because they, you know, never got married and were separated before... No, they were separated after I was born, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. I was going to say before I was ever born, but no. They were still together when I was born, but they never got married. Um, so there's a lot of, like, separate memories I have with them younger, but not the, not the first memory, I really don't think. I would have to really, really think on that and try to almost, in, like, purposefully dream on it and see if I could find that memory. But I have a lot of repressed memories, so it's hard for me to remember a lot of...
1: When you do, write them down and ask them about it. Ask them if it was true or something that just... How their version, your mom's version, your dad's version, and then you take your version of it. Okay. Because then you hear so many stories from so many different people of your life, and you need to take some of it from here, there, and a little bit of truth, and a little bit of ad lib, and have your own story that you
0: remember. To get more of a truer or a more defined memory. Yeah. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. have to write
1: that down. Yeah, people people should. I mean, if they have questions, they need to ask their parents now
0: mm-hmm.
1: about things that they remember, don't remember, what happened, what didn't happen, mom's version, dad's version, and just get the truth.
0: Is that why you tell a lot of your stories from your life, to just kind of remember? To remember. Because sometimes, I just remember it not, you know, this isn't uh, any, they nay, nay say, On you, but I remember growing up, you would share stuff with Abby and I kind of at like a young age. I was like, I remember as a kid, I was like, why is she sharing this with me? But I I, like, I can kind of see now, and I appreciate it because it it almost exposed me in the safest manner to what real life was. Mm -hmm. And you're you are an incredible reason why I am the way I am today, just the way because you practically raised me, I was here every summer. Uh, If my dad didn't have me, I was here during the school year. Even if, you know, mom when mom lived next door or when mom was living wherever and dad was living wherever, I was here a lot of the time. And you were a big reason. You helped raise me a lot. Um, So with that being said, um, why did you ask me about what my first memory was? Do you remember your first memory?
1: My parents were in a Warsaw courthouse. Downstairs in at the time of my age, four, it seemed like a dungeon that we were in. And my mom and dad were sitting in the middle of a jailhouse. And the door was closed, but all of those kids were in there sitting with mom and dad. And they were telling us that, that we were going to be taken away from mom and dad. And we were all crying and boohooing. And the next thing I remember was being placed into a foster home, a very bad foster home.
0: At a young age, how old you? You said you were four you years were, old when that happened? Four. <coughs> <her> My little brother <coughs> was. As you can tell, you can hear dogs barking at the end of her sentence. Uh, I edited that clip and I'll just tell you what she was going to say is her brother is 10 years old. And she gets right back into her story. So let's listen to what all she has to say
1: in the foster home where the father was an alcoholic and the woman there did the best she could with all the foster kids that she took in. They took it in for the money. They only had three of their own kids and their oldest son would take us a walk in a wagon so that they wouldn't beat on us and pick on us and hurt us and leave scars. I had fallen down, I got a concussion there.
0: At the foster home?
1: The first foster home.
0: So you've been in multiple foster homes. My, I did not know that. Because I know Kate, Grandma Kate's your foster mom. Is that who you're referencing? Hmm. Oh, so this was uh, before Kate.
1: Yes. Uh, my my sisters were in a foster home with beers. B-E-E-R-S. And we were in foster homes with boozes, booze. B-O-O-Z-E. Oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> so it was the beers and a booze. You're <laughs> lying. That's real? Yeah. You were, you were, you, your sisters and you were separated at very young ages. You were four. How old were your sisters when you guys got separated? I'm the youngest, so they were all like six, eight, and ten. Oh my gosh! So they were older. So they probably have even more distinct memories of this. And you got separated to families that were beers and boozes. I think that's that is more than a coincidence. <laughs> <So they're, laughs> there's weird. no way that's that's what I mean. Your stories are so wild. I'm sorry for interrupting. Continue. Oh, that was funny. And they were
1: in, we were in downtown Warsaw. And they were out in the country, kind of, sort of. But yeah, we never saw each other again
0: that I remember. Your brothers and sisters? Yeah.
1: For three years. Oh, my gosh. Three and a half years. And when then we got moved to the second foster home, which was Enans. I-H-N-E-N. Kate Enan. Kate Enan, okay. And Virgil Enan. And they took in a lot of foster kids, but they fell in love with my baby brother Ellis, and eventually adopted him and me. And my other brother went back home, Jeff. But they had a lot of influence in my life, like what you say.
0: Oh, so Kate was always around for you. So she was never really officially your foster mom, then?
1: Yeah, she was.
0: Oh, she was a foster
1: parent. I lived there three, three and a half years. Oh, okay, okay. She put me to school. In Warsaw. I started school in Warsaw.
0: She's a fantastic woman. Kindergarten. She's a fantastic woman still. How old is she now? 94? 90, yeah, 94. Yeah, 94 Nine. years old. Yeah, she's 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 still so, you know, has so much spirit in her and stuff. She's, she's great. All the stories. Yeah, I'm sure she has just Aww. as many stories as you do. Probably, yeah, even more. So... How do you think that affected you going through all that at a young age? Because a lot of people go through things. You hear a lot of people go through things and then they get into drugs. Then they start, you know, they they can go so many different bad routes. You know, let's say, let's just take your example of going to the foster care at a young age. That can really mess somebody up, you know, understandably so. And then they can go to drugs and they can go to theft. And then that leads them into probably getting into a gain or murdering and then, that gets them into the, you know, prison system and stuff like that. Why did that not happen with you? Why did you... Because I can confidently say from all of your stories, you know, hopefully we get to that in the future. But from all your stories that you tell me, there's not one reason why you should be such a good person that sits in front of me today. But you're probably one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. So what do you think did it for you? Did you just choose not to go down that route? Because that route was in front of you all the time also because your brothers and sisters... Some of them chose that route. You know, some of them, unfortunately, died at an early age, and we can get into that as well. But why do you think you didn't go down those routes?
1: Because I fought it. I fought it. I fought. I fought really hard not to be like my parents. And many, many kids fight very hard not to be like their parents. And you want to try to be better than your parents were. And some have good parents. Some have not so good parents, but Jenny and Betsy was put in a foster home. Your sisters? My older sisters. My stepsister, Diane, she was put in another foster home by herself. And Jenny and Betsy were by themselves, and they were sexually abused in that foster home by all the foster boys in that foster home. So it really did a number on them, too. We're all messed up. Being in foster homes and doing what our parents did to us. But then me, Jeff, and Ellis was put into another foster home. Come to find out, all three of us were within a mile, a country mile, of each other
0: living. A country mile. So just down yonder pretty much. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I was going to say ironic, but yeah, crazy is probably a better word. It's just such a, the world works in weird, mysterious ways. So you, so you fought it. So you think, you Only know, you you had the prime example of what not to be and you chose in your head, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be the best version of me that I can be.
1: And I saw it. When you see it and you try, it, you, you either go with it or you go against what you see all through your life. And you are a product of your environment. No matter what, you are a product of your environment, no matter how much you fight it and i do fight it and i still fight it and i've
0: been good and bad and bad and good and bad 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 <laughs> well granted i'm gonna ask you to put that over to the side so it doesn't get in front of the camera it's okay um i can confidently say from what i've seen you know i'm sure there's parts of me and there's parts that my mom and and have seen that i haven't seen but you're you're only good you know what i mean your intentions whether it annoys people or it gets on their nerves speaking from experience i i can i always know it comes from a place of love and compassion and you just want that person to be good you know you want to take care of that person and i see that through you i see that in you through and through and it's your 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 actions daily motivate me to be just a better father be a better you know brother and son and all that just just by your actions and i i look at you and i look at your story and i'm like I have no excuse. You know what I mean? Like you've gone through so much and then I see what I've gone through and it's easy to compare. And so when I take a kind of inventory of my life and I think about all the stories you tell me, it's, it's a good, it's a good putting in my place type of scenario. And I try to do what you do. I see what was wrong or has gone wrong or all the wrongs in my life. And I choose, try to, you know, Do
1: do right, do better. Yeah. Yeah, not to be like they did, and and it's okay to let them know what they did wrong, so they kind of do. I mean, my girls have told me what I've done wrong, and they have put me in my place, both of them. And huh. it breaks your heart, but it's the truth.
0: For sure, you there's no, you can't grow without knowing, and yeah, I know it's it like you said, it, it's one of those things that hurts, and it, it sometimes it takes big things to happen in your life to make you be like, oh, I need to take inventory of who I am as a person. I don't like, you know, you realize you don't like who you are. So, for your instance, your daughter's coming to you.
1: Well, that's what my dad did. He always picked, he picked, he picked. and He picked on especially me and never anything good to say about me. And so that's why I try to do better with my girls and even better with grandkids. And I overstepped my boundaries probably with, grandkids, but When you've been abused so much you try to stop any abuse you can see when you have been abused so bad and It was not good
0: Yeah, um to speak on being a grandparent and trying to do best for your grandkids I definitely felt that and I know Abby has felt that uh, as you were practically raising us um, And I see that it's a really really wild Scenario I'm currently living in my life because I see you do it with my daughter with Addie. I See Probably what my parents saw Of just this person that just is pure love like i seen it I thought I knew what you were growing up. I thought I knew who Carol Yoder was and then I saw you be a great grandma To Addie and that just breaks my and not excuse me That breaks my heart it makes my heart so whole it makes me want to cry every time I see it because I just see the love and compassion you have for her. I see the uh, the protection that you want to give her. And it's, yeah, it's just true love. Like, I, you know, you are true love. <laughs> in the purest form, I think. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, sometimes you feel like you've overstepped your boundaries. So you're, I've learned that from my first set of grandkids. It's like, don't overstep your boundaries. And don't push your views on everybody. And don't. Make them try to think the way same way you do. Maybe I was gonna do that.
0: Life is about learning or you know, lessons to be learned though. So I think your mistakes could have been the best mistakes you could have made because it didn't really hurt any of us. I think if as a human beings, if you're capable of taking inventory, sure you need to take inventory and do what's best for you. But I think your mistakes could have are probably the the best version of a mistake that could be put onto a family, because, you know, overstepping is, yeah, overstepping, and but you weren't a mother of, well, you know, I can't speak to that, but I I can confidently say as as a grandma, you weren't a grandma of harassing me, you weren't a grandma of beating me or Abby, you weren't a grandma of putting us down, you were only a grandma of lifting up and loving. The opposite.
1: Yeah. The opposite of what I had, or, yeah, I always wanted to never, ever make anybody feel as bad as I felt up.
0: Really? No, never. I never. I couldn't even fathom that, and it's it's all it's really all honestly all thanks to you. I can't even fathom that feeling you've gone through. And it breaks my heart to think that somebody as good as you, as pure soul as you, have gone through the worst things. But I think that's what makes the best people the best, is because you've gone through those hard times. Kind of, kind of in um relation to comedians, a lot of comedians are incredibly funny, hilarious comedians. The funniest comedians you know. Have gone through the hardest of times. And, you know, just to relate with you, that's you, you mm-hmm. are, your personality is just so bright, and it's because you've gone through so much dark.
1: And you hide, though. You do hide. You bury, you hide a lot. And make yourself be happy. Make th- yourself.
0: I think that's what therapy is good sure. for as well. I mean, I, I definitely have advocated for it and I'll advocate it, advocate for it until the day I die or at least something that will help you work through those emotions. You know, there's different versions of therapy. So when people hear therapy, they just think, you know, the shrink sitting with their notepad and pen, going to write down. But I, there's so many. There's exposure therapy. There's, actually, I'm learning a lot about therapy mm-hmm. through Hannah because she has such a vast knowledge on psychology. It's so awesome to talk with her about it. But um, – yeah i think that there's so many versions of therapy that there's no reason for somebody not to be but also understand and i know you me you and i have talked about uh therapy and stuff like that so what has been your therapy journey in the sense of do you you think therapy is good has it worked for you um what do you think the rate because nobody knows what a good i'm sure therapists out there know what a good rate of therapy is but like with me like I don't know like sometimes i go to therapy for maybe three or four months in a row and then i'm like i feel pretty good and then i'll live life on my own without going to therapy for a couple weeks a couple months no set time and then i'll maybe go back for a week or two and then i'll feel good so what do you think therapy for you personally what has therapy done for you and what do you think the rate of therapy of attending therapy should be for yourself oh oh
1: yeah i went i went for about three or four months and that's when I told the therapist my some of my stories and stuff and made her cry. And then she said I definitely had PTSD, but she would send home a lot of homework for me to do or a lot of things to do that I I never did. So if I want to do therapy and if I want therapy, I want somebody to be there with guide me. Okay. me and tell me or show me or tell me what's wrong with me and then. Try to help me talk about it more.
0: So the homework didn't necessarily help you. You were more of an in-person. I need to talk this through, and I need you to kind of give me your input. Yes, yeah, answers. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. Um, I think, I think maybe homework in the sense of, um, relationships is good. Like you know, you and you and Grandpa, or you and you know your spouse. I think homework in that sense because it shows that you're trying, and it shows you doing stuff like that. But maybe a yeah, personal therapy and everybody's different, but I, I'm, I'm on the same track with you. I don't think that would help me. I think going to a person, talking to them and knowing you can open up to that person without being judged and that they might have a solution or not necessarily a solution, but a tactic to try to um, tangle with that problem that you're going through.
1: Yeah. Give your, she used to give me a little, sometimes other aspects of things. Like look at it this way that you always had an angel in your corner. Always, she's, I'll remember her saying that if you look back at your life and how bad it was, but you always had an advocator somewhere, if you think about it. And you always had that one person looking out for you. And a lot of them knew what was going on in your house. But back then, it wasn't stopped or it wasn't, you know, it wasn't talked about. I was it just going to say. It was, you know, what they call it? Voodoo and stuff like that. What do you mean? You just didn't talk about it. Like, oh, oh no, I no, see. No, 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 no. We don't talk about that kind of stuff in here, you know. Right. Well, now in being the Being sexually molested or being, you know, harassed or being teased or made fun of. or
0: Do you think that was because it was in the family and they just wanted to keep that hush-hush and so they don't want to out anybody in the family? Or do you think just in general as a population that wasn't talked about as much when you were growing up?
1: Yeah, I, I think they made you feel, I felt ashamed. I felt like it was my fault that my dad would slip into my bedroom and do things to me that he shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was my fault. I was dirty. I was guilty. And he'd always want to do more And I know. But uh, you feel dirty and you feel guilty. So one time I heard on Oprah Winfrey that she said, you're not, you're, you're the victim. And when you realize you're the victim... Your life will change, and right at that moment, something went off in my head, and I, I thought, I am the victim. Mm-hmm. I am the victim of his abuse. I am not abu- I am not the, I am not ashamed of my abuse because of what he inflicted on me and changed my life. He
0: changed my life forever. Do you have any? Um, because clearly you've made it through. Y- you know, you're. I'm
1: not compliment. What do you call I've tried suicide twice.
0: Yeah, I've attempted. Attempted. Yeah. So, so, like, uh... 25
1: it's... aspirins. And it makes you sick. But I did it again. And it made me sick. So I thought, well, there must be a reason I'm not supposed to die.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what, age, what age did you do that?
1: 12 and 15.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: 12 and 14.
0: 12 and 14. You know... I don't think you ever told me that. <laughs> I think that's the first time I learned about that. To die. <sighs> Did um, man, sorry that hit me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you and the word you were looking for earlier was contemplating, but you actually attempted then. Yeah.
1: I thought about it because
0: you go to a dark place. Yeah. And it gets really, really dark. I think we can connect on that level a little bit. I'll probably talk about it in my future podcast, but, you know, I'm not going to talk about it right now. But I definitely have attempted and contemplated, you know, suicide in the the past. But, yeah, um, it is a dark place. And with that being said, what words of encouragement can you give people out there that are feeling those feelings that you felt at the age of 12 and 15 and at the age of – and what you feel now sometimes because, you know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be depressed and down. But what piece of advice can you give to those any age group out there to help them? I don't want to say get out of that funk, but you know, help them through those hard times. Don't keep secrets. I mean, if somebody's doing
1: something to you in any way that makes you feel bad, is not to keep that secret hidden. Tell anybody that will listen to you and try to help you or. Therapy or talk to your parents or talk to whoever This is happening to but I do know that any kind of there's no limit. It's
0: that Limit of statute. How you're asking the wrong person because there's no
1: limit to they can arrest anybody at any time for sexually molesting
0: you So there is no statute of limit on sexual molestation That's, I actually have a couple personal friends that um, they haven't, they haven't been able to arrest that person that, um, yeah, I'm not going to say who it is, but there's one specific situation that I know, um, and that, put it over the side please, it's okay, Um, that person finally had the courage to report the person that um, did that thing to them, and nothing could have been done, obviously, and. Not obviously, uh, because there was a lot of uh, time passed and there wasn't a lot of effort put in. So I think that if there was more effort in, first of all, because a lot of that, you have to go to the police. So I think if there's more training in the police department, and not, you know, not just our local police department, but any police department, if there's training in that, that they would maybe know what to do more. Um, and I know there's only so much that you can take when it comes to evidence-wise, you know, swabs and stuff like that. But I think there's definitely... Uh, room for improvement in that environment and i I really
1: but if that person proves it or says it or goes to a place that that person has to have times or dates or real stories that people believe rather than the person who did it to them yeah and other people around might have suspected something if he Mm -hmm. could get somebody then they could prove it yeah
0: I, i yeah i i agree and Best case scenario, yeah, that's what would happen. I was just trying to be realistic because, unfortunately, a lot of the times, because I have too many friends that this happen, has happened to, male and female alike, that and I think we were looking for statues of limitations. That was the word yeah. we were looking for. Um, but there's been too many times where, you know, they do have those dates. They do have those times. They do have car- uh, witness um, character witness statements, uh, which is basically somebody being like, yeah, this person was shady in this, but, you know, not necessarily... Saying that they saw it or they did see him leave the bar together. But more of a character witness statement of just, yeah, they were shady and I could see this person doing it. They got all that. And just because time passed, they couldn't nail the person that unfortunately... What state? Uh, several states. Actually, a lot of the stories I'm referencing come from guys and girls that I know in the military. That I come from and their stories. And there's a few in Indiana, obviously, that I know. Because I live here and I have a lot of friends here. And it's unfortunately more common than you... Would anticipate, yeah. and I, I kind of agree with what you said. You know, just talking about it, maybe finding a therapist or finding that friend that you can trust, and uh, to talk with. Because personally, with me, that that's what has kept me alive and kept me going is is first and foremost friends. Like if it's just one friend, um, confiding in that friend and knowing that it's okay to talk about it. Like it's okay that friend more or less isn't going to look at you different i i because a friend i confided in was male and i was truly afraid to talk to him about it because i thought he was going to judge me i thought he was going to look at me as a you know a weaker male because males we have this dumb complex that we always have to be big and bad so i had that real fear in me i was like i tell him this you know i'm going to be looked at differently and actually i started it through text because there's no text because there's no way i was going to be able to verbally say it off the bat You're like hey man i'm thinking about. You know, suicide and um, not being here anymore. Can you talk with me? And there's no way I could have done that person. I, w- I just wasn't there. I don't think I would have ever been there. I think it would have. The only way for that to happen for me to stay alive was for me to text him in the way I laid out. And he was there for me. And we're still best friends today. And I love the guy. And he's a great dude. I'm not going to say his name, but you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I can mute it. I'm going to mute it and. I'm going like to cover my mouth. But but yeah, so that's who was there for me. Um, yeah, I wanted to move to a little bit of lighter side of things so we don't end the podcast. We've been 31 minutes into this so far, um, and I love talking with you. I, I, I truly hope we can dive deeper in some of these stories in the future and stuff. If the audience wants to see them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Grandma, let them know. Like, comment,
1: and share right. this video. <laughs> right, right. If you want to hear some more of this, we can go on and on. But if you're a victim of abuse or sexual abuse, you have to tell somebody. Because like you said, when you realize you're the victim, then it's a lot easier to talk about.
0: Yeah. And just talking about it in general it helps a lot. You know, It wasn't I'm, my fault. No. It never is. was no. it wasn't your fault.
1: It wasn't my fault. My dad would sneak in my bedroom at night. No. that's it's not your
0: fault. Do you know. have any other words of encouragement before we move on to different topics?
1: Just tell somebody. Uh, just talk about it. Talk about it. Find somebody. And, or I wish we could join a group and talk about our experiences or what we went through. And you know, one time my dad almost raped me and I had a, a shotgun and I told him I was going to blow his brains out or mine. One or the other. Because if he raped me It would be the end of him or the end of me. And he laughed and he left me alone. But I would have. I would have shot him. I would have shot him. I'm afraid I would have shot him.
0: Yeah. And then you would have had to live with that. And that's just a whole other different trauma. But yeah. Yeah. That's. Life's not fair to us, Mm -hmm. man. But good thing, you know, I'm glad God gifted us with friends and family that do care. And, you know, just life in general. And
1: he thought it was funny because he had me pinned down and. Yeah, I came really, really close, but he still did a lot of things that a father shouldn't do to a kid, and I know it's not normal, and all you want is a normal life, so you still love them, or try to give them things, or do things, because... Like the benefit of the doubt, almost, or? You want their acceptance. You want them to see you. You don't want them to see that all you're good for is sex, or sexual, or something. You want them to see you. You want them to see your... Achievements or what you did in school—they never even saw our report cards. I signed them all the time, but you want them to just see you as a person, and and my parents never did.
0: And it's especially hard in the scenario that you're talking about because it was your father, you know. And my mother knew it. Yeah, and your mother was an accomplice to the situation because she never said or did any. I remember you telling me that as a kid, you know, she never said or did anything. And I never blamed you. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, again, that's why I think. Uh, Therapy is important to work through those emotions and hear what somebody that has gone to school professionally can hear what you have to say and go through. So I did want to move into something else. If you want to keep talking about this, we can. But I did want to move into kind of more stories because your stories always crack me up. Just some of the like phrases your friends have told you, some of the phrases you come up with. And the stories you have just have always made me laugh. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, you're a very big, important mm-hmm. piece of my life. I think a lot of the reasons why I'm into comedy is because you and Grandpa. You're silly, <laughs> dumb. D- I would, I you know, remember. they're signified as dad jokes. But oh, my gosh, before I knew what dad jokes were, I called them grandma and grandpa jokes. And they're just <laughs> as grandpa is the king of just silly jokes. Like mom and Aunt Rochelle know that to the max. Just that's their father. They had to live with that. <laughs> Uh, but like, what what are some funny stories you can think about? And I'll you know I'll exp- I'll let myself be exposed a little bit here. What are some of the things you can think about, or stories you can think about with me? Like just silly stories when I was over here, you know, what have you that you can remember <laughs> remember talking about? Oh, talking about with you, or just silly scenarios that have happened with me you were like out and about. I remember, so uh, I'll tell a story that I'm thinking of specifically. And it's funny now, but in the moment it was not funny. And this is one of those scenarios where like you should talk with people to try to get those stories connected. Because I forever thought I was sweeping in the kitchen when I got, remember when I got my stitches through the broom? Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was I was outside, correct? Sweeping Grandpa's linoleum floor. Now we were out on that hill. Yeah, but I was wasn't oh, I sweeping was
1: sweeping on the hill for the
0: kettle corn, right?
1: Probably maybe we had the mat down.
0: Yeah, I think we had the mat down and before we were spraying it, I was gonna sweep it all the kernels and kind of crust off, right? Uh
1: yeah. We were all just sweeping. I was sweeping and I handed you a broom that was broken half.
0: You yep, have no said, top sweep. on. Yeah. <laughs> You're the before. And I unfortunately <laughs> Your hand with yeah. It was stitches. it was inserted. Because I remember sweeping and I was like, Oh I thought a bug and when I slapped it, I felt the pull, like the pull went in between my fingers and I followed it up and I was like oh. And then ripped it out and cut this hand open. And and, it was a metal broom. Yeah. Yeah. And you were inside when it happened. So I remember I I distinctly remember this part. I remember running inside, and you're on the toilet, and you come running out. Because I was obviously screaming bloody murder. Did that stop recording? Oh, that stopped recording. That's unfortunate. I don't know. Oh. Was it supposed to have
1: a picture on it the whole time?
0: No, it's, it's on cinematic mode. I don't know why it's not recording. Okay. Didn't I know? Could have. Well, the camera went down, so this audio is still going though, so we're gonna still talk about it. Um Yeah. So I remember slapping it, following it up, running inside, bloody murder, and you were on the toilet and I remember coming in, you're like, What what? And you came with your pants around your ankle and <laughs> still so like, What's happening? So trying to pull it up and I was screaming bloody murder and you're like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So got me a towel, and we drove to the hospital. But for some reason, that's all I remember about that day, just how silly it was that you were coming out of the bathroom with, like, oh, you're pulling up your pants, and you know, your pants around your ankles still. So, but, yeah, it's weird how we remember certain scenarios and stuff like that because I'm sure you were just like, oh, no, my grandson cut himself bad on my watch, and now I have to let his parents know. Blood everywhere, and I don't do very good with Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was not good.
1: I don't remember how many stitches, but a lot. We run you to the hospital. Yep. The following week, your sister did the same thing.
0: Yeah, well, she squished. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna say where because I don't want to get sued by this place. But at a restaurant, fast food restaurant, she squished her fingers in between two uh, tables, right? The table fell on her and pinched her. Pinched all her knuckles, yeah, right? And then she it. went
1: on it, and oh. the table fell.
0: So oh. I don't know how that.
1: You know, I just. Oh. Whew. but it's just weird that it fell on her just right and run her to the hospital with three stitches. And by then, I'm a nervous wreck and crying, and they want to take care of me. I told them to take care of Abby and, and stuff, and I was like, call their mom, and Tina's like, it's okay, it's not your fault. Yes, it is my fault. Said, both of your kids in the hospital in a week. I don't want to babysit no more. I don't want to see my grandkids get hurt. I can't do this. And she's like, yes, you can.
0: No, I can't. I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And then another scenario that happened, not in the same... This was after, correct? But I broke my right arm here as well, jumping onto your trampoline. I jumped over the net. I'm so special that I jumped over the net on the trampoline and landed on my elbow and just broke it. And then... You guys thought I was, it wasn't broke, and I was just over-exaggerating as a kid, so you made me take a nap for like an hour with a broken right arm, and then I woke up, and you guys were like, oh, no, no, yeah, that's pretty swollen. We should probably take him to the hospital now.
1: So, now, that's your remember mem- my memory. My memory was that there was a slit between the trampoline, and you were climbing through this slit, and you had a little dress-up shirt from church or something.
0: Yeah, I had a button up shirt
1: and your button got caught on trying you trying to get down and you kept saying I went down I went down and you leaned backwards to get out or something and the button broke and you fell and when you fell, you put your hands behind you and broke your arm.
0: Huh, I remember getting slingshot in the air.
1: Oh, and you—you you might have when yeah. your button
0: broke. Yeah, my yeah, my button and you broke, were, and it you yeah.
1: Stopped it with one of your hands, and you broke your hand.
0: Yeah, like I braced my fall with my like elbow.
1: And they brought much. you in, laid you in the bed, and where we is it broke? Is it broke? I don't know. I don't know. Is it broke? And then it
0: was a small break, so it was hard. It was in your guys' defense, it was hard to tell because it wasn't like when I broke my left arm when I broke. I almost said tibia, but that's in your leg, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to know. <laughs> But when I broke the two, two bones in my forearm, when they snapped, that was from impact. And that was an easy tell, right? Because it was just dangling there. You weren't there. Mom was there. Well, Chris came in, picked it oh, up. Oh, back for my right arm? Yeah, and your arm went like this. It just, and
1: he said, she, oh, yeah, it's broke. You guys better get him to the hospital. You so, didn't wait very long. It was like
0: 10 minutes where you had your, no, like, no, you. No, no, you guys... It. You guys had me taking a nap for like 40 minutes. I said I don't an hour. That. I do. When I do remember taking off. a nap. And then I think. I, I didn't. I thought
1: you went to sleep maybe for a little bit because you were crying so hard or something. But our Chris was gone. I don't know. But as soon as Chris came in and looked at it because he's worked with uh, kids with. Yeah. In athletic department and stuff, and he looked at it and it just went. He said, "Oh yeah, his arm's broke. You need to get him somewhere." Yeah,
0: put me put me to sleep when I put ice on it. You'll be fine. Good acting like a fool.
1: Quit faking it. Yeah, quit faking it.
0: Yep. So that's
1: why I used to tell my girls, "Don't ever call me from school unless you're bleeding." And to this day, they hate me. You will always go
0: to school unless I see blood. <laughs> yeah. Mom was a little bit less strict. I was one of those kids that was like, I would I would fake getting sick at school. So like, did
1: she, but I said, no. So you I
0: guys,
1: unless I see blood, you guys are going to school. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: made them go. That's what I got it from. I wish you would have told me that when I was little. Be like, you did it, Mom. Why can not I do it?
1: <laughs> she tried. Yeah. That, you know, every kid tries. I'm sick. So then you got to be the parent. And, oh, no. If they come home and send you sick, I'll come and get you. You ain't sick.
0: (laughs) Man, I I really wish that battery didn't die on that camera because I don't feel like I could really post Mm -hmm. this full thing now. But that's okay. I might just post clips and hopefully I'll get a better camera one that will last because I don't understand because there's still battery on it and there was still space on the SD card. Mm -hmm. But anyways, that's besides the point. Did you think of anything else that's hilarious that I did as a kid? Remember that one time you were tell the story of Feed Me the Worm? Oh, yeah. when we
1: were sitting out on the corner of the house, and he was about 18 months old. And I had a great big, huge, giant red worm, and we dug it up. And I was teaching him how to dig up and bury stuff or plant stuff. And I found this worm, and I said, here, you want to eat it? And he did. <laughs> said, he had his tongue wrapped. Around that worm so fast, I never knew it hit him <laughs> or me. But I had to make him spit it out and, <laughs> and run him in the house and wash his mouth out. He had dirt all over his mouth. It was funny. His mom wanted to kill me though. <laughs> Why did mom want to kill you? She's mad I let you eat a worm. I didn't let you eat a worm. It wasn't your fault I ate a worm. I didn't let you eat a worm. I said he grabbed it so fast I never knew it hit me. <laughs> you fed my son a worm. I
0: don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird that she was more upset about that versus when I broke my arm at your house or Abby broke her finger. She was very, uh, she was very forgiving for that. But for, for the worms, she's like, no, that's where I draw the line.
1: <laughs> you was younger then.
0: That's oh, before was you y- broke your arm or uh, Abby was thought about. Uh, oh, really? That was that, Abby wasn't around then? No. How old was I? About 18 months or younger. Wow, I actually have that memory in my head. That's wild. Because I didn't realize that, like, sometimes I'll get memories and I think I'm older. I'm like five or six. A lot of the times when I tell things, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was 10. Because that's, like, latest I can go back in my memory. But that's, wow, I do remember that. Do you remember the one time Dad brought a turtle here? Oh, yeah.
1: We got it from Rochester. We were at your house and your house new trailer double-wide with your mother. And
0: We we weren't here? No. Oh, we were so we were at the your, double your
1: house. Your pretty new house, and you had a lot of space and not a lot of furniture yet. They were accumulating different things and filling it up slowly, but there wasn't furniture or anything in it too much. But anyway, <laughs> we had went to Warsaw and brought you home a turtle from your uncle Ellis's house, and me, you, and Tina went maybe and Grandpa, and he gave you a turtle. Uncle Ellis did. Yeah, and what were you two? Two and a half, three years old. I don't know. Not very really. old. And we brought it in, and then your dad came home, and you said, Look, look what my dad, look what my Uncle Ellis gave me a, a turtle. And he held it up to you, and he said, Let's see if it'll bite your lip. And he, he got, said, You told me to kiss it. Or kiss it and here, kiss it, and when he did, you it grabbed a hold of your lip, you went running through the house with that turtle swinging off of your <laughs> lip, and we couldn't catch you forever. And it that's bit like, the crap out of you. <laughs> that's like something out of a movie. Like, that sounds like seriously... It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a turtle you attached were crying. To me. crying, oh, so loud, but yeah, it was swinging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and
1: that's I know funny. it hurt, because... There was a big old hole there, in your mom. Oh my God, she wanted to kill you. Oh, there's a
0: hole in my lip.
1: Well, right up here at the top, a little bit.
0: Oh my the... gosh, I didn't even. <laughs> and your dad, ay ay. ay ooh, ooh. He, he was, was probably a wreck. And then mom probably wanted he to. He felt beat. bad. Yo, I bet you better feel bad. I had a hole in my it lip. Was like,
1: oh no, I feel bad.
0: I got the worst version of a piercing <laughs> in my lip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god! And that turtle had you. It was a snapping turtle, as it turned out. A baby. It, was, it was a baby snapping turtle? I'm glad. I'm lucky it was a baby one. Otherwise, that would have ripped my face off. I don't know how we got
1: it off you, really.
0: And I don't know. I don't have a scar on my, my lips. Like, I, I've looked for it before. And I have a scar on my lip from when Gray bit me. Or, you know, he didn't bite me, but it was like an accidental bump. And when we accidentally bumped, his, like, mouth was open, so a tooth scraped me. Mm. So it was like... Technically, it's a, considered a bite because it involved a tooth. But really... He just reared his head back, and I flung my head forward because we were we were playing, and it was just a weird coincidence. So I have a scar from that, but I do not have a scar from a snapping turtle biting my lip. Well, you should have another scar on your lip where you shaved yourself. I shaved myself. You took my. I had this. I don't remember this story. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, your electric razor. No, You're... It
1: wasn't. It was a clothes cleaning.
0: She's away from the mic right now, so I can't, I don't know if you can hear it, but she said it was like a clothes cleaning, oh, like a fabric shaver. Oh. You
1: had this one time, and you were playing with it, you stuck it to your lip, and you stuck this to your lip, and it tore your lip up. It tore my lip? You had blood all over
0: your lips. How did I manage to do that?
1: Because you tried to shave your lips. You seen me shaving clothes and stuff like that, and you tried to shave your lips. Because you were a toddler. <laughs> Kids will do anything. That's so funny. <laughs> I, remember that I remember that too. I remember shaking her lip off. Blood <laughs> I'm was g-
0: flying off. I'm glad you can find humor in my pain, <laughs> grandma. <laughs> There's no more video, but she's <laughs> cackling.
1: I kept trying to catch you and you was running. <laughs>
0: Have been tore your lip up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I
1: did feel bad at the time, but not.
0: That's so funny because that's another memory I definitely have. But I remember remembering not, I, like, I don't remember what happened. Once my lips made contact, I don't remember anything <laughs> after that.
1: And then we had this one chair with three stands on it. And Grandpa was holding you. It was in a round swing. Oh, this
0: one went out. I, I was three months old, Three right? months old.
1: I and don't remember mom this. Mom and Dad, well. You might not even been old that old. You might have been about a month old. You were born in November. This was the end of December. So I was
0: barely two months, not even.
1: They were out delivering Christmas gifts for the church, and Grandpa was holding you, and you fell off his lap, and your head hit a three prong steel thing that the chair like, was sitting on. Like
0: the base of the chair, the three prong base. My yeah. head hit, and I became unconscious. Correct or? I picked you up, and I just screamed, "He's dead! He's dead!" And Grandpa
1: grabbed you and said, Oh no, he's not and Rochelle, we ran outside. I didn't know what else to do. Throw you in cold water or the snow or something. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> you killed him and here come Rochelle. You guys need to act like fools. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Give me that baby. She said and you say, <laughs> and your eyes rolled back in your head. Oh my I just gosh. knew you were dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're convinced. But I became unconscious, correct? Like, that's mm-hmm. why you thought I was, because I your hit my Your eyes head.
1: rolled in your back of your head. Yeah, you had a goose not here. Hoo-lee. He just rolled off his lap and hit his head, your head right here.
0: Oh my gosh. I can only imagine what you <laughs> would <were, laughs> you. And Aaron shows it, like, yeah. Did you so you didn't throw me in the snow, did you? No. Oh. She come outside and
1: let me have that before baby. you can He's toss- not dead. She checks, he said, I want I checked his breathing room. I'm like, Oh thank God <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's so we funny. killed our grandson Dwayne. It's just two months old. His parents would kill us. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> and they were mad. When we told them, mm-hmm. they were mad. That's so. F- I would be mad too if I was like, You knocked my you child out. i tell
1: you something. Oh, we oh how say.
0: did. So you didn't call them? Because there's no cell phones, were there? No. You didn't have any cell phones. So no, you. Until they got back. So you had to wait for them to get back. The only reason we had to tell them because you had a big old knot on your head or we wouldn't
1: have told them. Oh my
0: <laughs> God. The truth. The truth is now exposed. The only reason why now mom and dad know that story is because there was evidence (laughs) evidence. oh that's probably i have had too many brain injuries in my life i think that's why i sometimes can't formulate words like i find myself in the middle of my act sometimes doing comedy i just the words i'm trying to find i know the word it's in my head but i can't say it you know i think it's maybe because of that and a few of the tbis i got when i was in the marine corps um, and few of the concussions I probably got during football. I don't think my brain is okay. <laughs> Do you remember, speaking of brains and scanning of the brains, I remember a story. I don't know if mom, mom might have never told you this, but I distinctly remember. It could have been second grade. It could have been a different grade. But I tell the way I tell the story, I say second grade. But I was in second grade, and mom pulled me out of school and had me get a CAT scan, like a brain scan of my head because she was concerned with me because I was pulling out my eyelashes and I was basically had bald, like not a bald face, but how do how do you? You were pulling hair. You had a you had a name. There was a name to it. Pull, pull,
1: uh, pulling hair off your body and.
0: Yeah, because I would do it on my head, but it started with my eyelashes. Yeah. And yeah, I started I started with my eyelashes, and apparently it's a form of, of, of excuse me, it's a form of anxiety or dealing with anxiety as a kid. So I would pull all my hairs out, and I didn't do it on my head, but I seriously at one point did. Ha- I, had, I had zero eyelashes. I pulled them all out and then I would stick them to like, this is kind of gross, but I would stick them to like a notepad page that was in front of me or something and I would collect them and then I would just blow them all off. I would just blow them like a, like you'd blow a dead uh, dandelion flower when you blow them in the fall. That's, that's what I would do.
1: See, see everybody has their own anxiety in a different yeah. way,
0: their own, fa-
1: their own story, their yeah. own issues that they had. Yeah. It's, it's Good, really bad, wild. And ugly. Everybody has a story.
0: So we've, we've been going for roughly 50 minutes now. Um, I think I'm going to wrap it up. I want to thank you very, very much for being on, Grandma. And I'm sorry the video cut out. Uh, I'm sure you want to get your face out there on the billboards and stuff, right? <laughs> 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 she nodded her head furiously, yes. No, um, but again, thank you very much, Grandma. I love you with yeah, my you. whole entire heart. No, oh, I thank you. Um. This has been another long talk with Brody Long. and My first guest, Carol Yoder. Thank you, Grandma, very much.
1: You're welcome. We should. um,
0: I love love you, too. Get Abby and your mom. I would like to get Abby and mom, yeah. I I definitely plan on it, yeah. Um, There's no restriction on this because this is mine. So this is my podcast, so I can do whatever I want with it. So I, I do plan on having mom on uh, and dad on dad would be a great one obviously because he's a character anyways because you know does magic and he's used to talking all the time anyways because being on stage all the time so he's definitely going to be one um i think the next person i want to have on isn't going to be in my family <laughs> hopefully um i actually was going to have somebody on today but uh because you know we we're just so busy today doing stuff i didn't have him on so hopefully i get to have him on as well um I didn't tell you, did I ever tell you about the time I uh, burned Grandpa's newspaper up? Oh, my gosh. All right, we'll end with this story. You tell me this story, and we'll, we'll, well sign off. We just
1: barely married, and I was, what, 16, and he was 19, 20, 20 and he worked, and I didn't, because I was too young to work, and he was sitting in a, where we lived at, on a toilet, reading the sports, and I set the newspaper on fire. <laughs> <laughs> While he was reading <laughs> that newspaper down, jumped up. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> what the hell are you thinking about? I said, I want some attention. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh.
1: Well, you have it.
0: <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. All right. On that note, thank you, everyone who listened to this podcast. I Tune in. More. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're definitely going to make a Grandma Chronicles. We're going to have a whole separate. Uh, subcategory of long talks where it says long talks with grandma carol Uh, thank you everybody who listened tune in next week for my next guest never gonna expose who it is mainly because i don't even know who it is so tune in every week hopefully every monday we'll make it a thing thank you again everyone and have a good day love y'all